Direct Impact, cutting-edge discussion from a forever learning perspective. Take a deep dive with the Aspiring Intellectual Podcast with thought leader John Smith. Thank you, Angie, for that wonderful introduction. Um, We're going to jump right into today. I'm going to speak on a subject that, hmm, if not navigated properly, a misunderstanding can lead to assumptions and bias perceptions, which interferes with conscious elevation. And, you know, we don't want to do that. So today on the Aspiring Intellectual, we will attempt to address the hegemonic agenda of gay politics. Okay. I used a word that some of you may not know. So here's the definition. The process by which dominant culture maintains its dominant position. For example, the use of institutions to formalize power. The employment of a bureaucracy to make power seem abstract and therefore not attached to any one individual. To teach and impress by frequent repetitions or admonitions ideas of the dominant group through education, advertising, publication, etc. This is the more in-depth understanding of hegemony. Okay. So this topic is very crucial to how the world is transforming today. And without an introspective analysis, I'm afraid the people will ultimately bury themselves under a political engine that will eventually destroy the very idea of the First Amendment, the very idea of individuality, the very idea of freedom. James Baldwin, one of my favorite writers, was a prolific, artistic, educated, talented black man who happened to be gay. Therefore, he also became a champion, not for gay rights, but human rights. He said, it is astonishing that in a country so devoted to, in, to the individual, so many people should be afraid to speak. I'm telling you this because, see, I saw a commercial, right? And it came on with this young black woman talking about transgender athletes and protesting male-born females from competing against female-born females. And this topic has been a sensitive area for some, and it's interesting because as I see more and more issues like this arise, my interest in this phenomenon rises. I witnessed a television show called The Good Fight, starring Delroy Lindo, Kush Jumbo, and Christine Bronski. I'm getting a nod from my engineer. Have you seen this show before? No, never saw this show. It's pretty dope. Okay, so it's about a black law firm and its power players. Well, in season four, episode six, the firm represents an Olympic hopeful who loses a spot on the U.S. women's swim team. Sound familiar? Now, this is old. So either art is imitating life, life imitating art. I'm not sure. Right. So this this Olympic hopeful is trying to get a spot on the U.S. women's swim team. And due to some last minute change to the eligibility, um, her replacement is a white transgender athlete. Now, the race card didn't win the argument. That's that's what the lawyers tried to use first. They tried to use the race card. Okay, it did not win the argument. And at this junction, this was their first strategy. So the lawyers employed uh, a transgender argument, which created a whole different dynamic into the show, right? Now, this is a black law firm with a black client. It's approached by a black staff and the black staff begins to protest the tactic of the lawyers for pointing out that the replacement person is transgender, as if the idea of genetic makeup has no place for this discu- in this discussion. And so when we think of group dynamics, it's very interesting, right? Because there's an argument being shaped and formed here. 
Delroy's Lindo's character explains that it's a tactic to win a case, right? We we all watch lawyer shows and we're like, okay, they're going to pull something out of the air and they're going to make this great argument and they're going to win this case. But the argument wasn't in the courtroom. It was in the back offices of his law firm with his staff. And he has to explain to him to them that he was not being prejudicial to a transgender athlete. He was trying to win a case for his black client. Now, this is where we really look at the race issue because we already know typically when we go into, if you don't know, typically when you go into court and you try to defend or um, use the race card as a reason, it's probably one of the hardest things to prove. We just look at the people who have been murdered by the system, right? So it was very interesting how the writers made this argument in the back office amongst people of color. Okay. It seems this issue um, stems on who do we as people of color defend? And to what extent do we begin to question the dynamics that are at play? Which leads me to say that people of color get used as the heroes when society doesn't want to deal with issues such as race and gender. Our opinions and our contributions tend to shape the people of color's political platform as sacrificial lambs slash hero. I can go further into this on some sort of brainwash theory or way of thinking by introducing you to Crispus Attucks, which is a hero to the cause of the American Revolution, but not the enslaved people. Right. Before or after the American Revolution. Right. That's what I was taught about. Crispus. That's the first black man, first man to die in the America before the American Revolution to kick it off was a black man right why would you tell me that in school what do you what do you feed me what do I what do I start to connect to is this man theory this lone hero right we stand for the cause I don't care how you make me feel but I'm standing for the cause I believe in the cause with you so when I get into, begin to think of that I, I see social social philosophical Hold on. Let me say this right. Social psychological phenomenon happening, which is more associated with attribution theory. So for those in the back of the class, let's say this is its reason black people are made to be the toughest one in the group and the only one in the group. OK. You, and I know we all seen that, that the one black person to go to the woods. Right. The one black person that's hanging out with the all white cast and he's either the toughest, the funniest. But he's by himself. Or she's by herself. That's what that is. It's that lone hero thing. Now I hope you can watch this episode to see how this issue is being framed and discussed in an art form. Because it's these mediums that we can begin to address issues that are being presented throughout our social system. And without any input or interference from the masses, that's us. The argument becomes the access to building mental Frankensteins who don't think through the dumbing down process. Now... It's very, it's very easy to see it play out on TV. But if you don't have anything to say, if you're afraid to speak, which is what James Baldwin says, as individuals, you should have an opinion. Right? You should have an opinion. The political movements that are redefining boundaries through science and economics are hegemonic and reflective of the bourgeoisie class. To understand what the bourgeoisie class, you have to go back to what I said with Karl Marx and the Communist Manifesto. The haves and have-nots. Right? However... The LGBTQ plus community is being used as the platform. Now, this is where it gets heavy for some people 
because whenever you talk about the LGBTQ plus community, so many people try to make it black and white. You're against us or you're with us, right? I saw a cartoon on Facebook that demonstrated the LGBTQ plus community as this big man chasing a child, right? And a woman commented on the fact that it was shedding a light on the gay community negatively. Interestingly enough, cartoons have always been used to challenge, point out, berate politics, always. You can watch the Flintstones, you can watch Bugs Bunny, and you'll see the relations to political struggles of the time. That's how they communicate it. And because of the sensitivity and the desire to fit into the crowd, the argument causes people to miss the point, right? And the point that was missed was that whoever is representing the LGBTQ plus platform are targeting the young people for support. That's how political movements are made. Civil rights had to target the young people, right? Women's suffrage had to target the young women. You always go after the young. It's because they'll grow into it. They'll become vigilant in the movement as they get older, as they mature into it. One of the reasons the Black Panthers failed is because they were all kids. And their connection to government and politics was on a curve, a learning curve, a steep learning curve, which is in every culture. It's in every culture. Franklin Roosevelt said, in politics, nothing just happens by accident. It happened. If it happened, you can bet it was planned that way. Now think about that. That's Franklin Roosevelt. Right? Consider one of our greatest presidents. Now, we may not agree, but as the LGBTQ plus community pushes acceptance as the unspoken form or term for equality to the youth as a political struggle, the youth will undoubtedly unite, which is an awesome thing. However, what happens when rights gained remove rights needed? Or if we as a group lose sight of political science as a machine designed for war? And I'm just giving you some things to consider. I asked my daughter if she felt if it would be okay to have her sister fight a transgender female in the ring. For clarity, that would be a male who doesn't identify with being a male and decides to be female. Or a term not related to the two specific genetic codes that are currently being used to define the physiological makeup of the two genders. And at first she said, no, I don't see a problem. Then she changed her mind as she thought about it. But the conversation we began to have was based on her not wanting to be or feel as if she was denying a right to what she believes is a marginalized group. Now, here's another term that we use often and don't explore to understand. Marginalized means treated as insignificant or on the outside. Now, this is interesting because there is not one television show nor one topic in the world right now that doesn't have or include the voice of the LGBTQ plus community. That I know of. And I'm asking you, do you know of any discussion that's being had that does not include that voice? And if you do, please put it in Facebook so we can have this real conversation. See, if we talk about the Black Lives Matter, the founders of the, the statement are raised up as members of the LGBTQ plus community. Children cartoons now have same sex parents. Drag queens are reading stories in elementary schools. Books about sexuality are marketed toward children who have not experienced puberty. Athletes are coming out and politicians are being elected. And the mere fact that the only connection or understanding I have 
to anyone being gay is based on their intimate moments with other people, which I should have no knowledge of. That is amazing. That is a phenomenon because that is an insult to my intellect. Who cares who you sleep with? Religious zealots who can't fathom the idea they won't save everyone with rhetoric. Economic giants who have to figure out how to capitalize on others' misfortune and greed. Or is it the youth who, by all rights, can redefine the oppressive system that has become the American institution of racism, which is spread around the world? Think about world, the world right now. Imagine that young people redefining race by redefining gender seems unthinkable. But that's actually the argument. Once you remove the veil, it's a race of people and not a subgroup. If I say let all transgender athletes compete against each other and let all females compete against each other and all males compete against each other. That's three categories of human right. Right. Does the argument then change to but I'm a male or female and this is discrimination because I should be accepted by the male or female populace? Is there a conscious effort to include transgender as the anomaly that creates distinction between male and female by adding a layer to lesbian, gay, bisexual or queer? That has no resolve which inadvertently creates a neutral space that vexes the group populist moral understanding. If a female born male strikes your daughter, do you view that altercation as abuse to a female? So think about that, right? I don't know if this conversation can go anywhere, but I hope it definitely continues. And I'm asking you to continue on Facebook. I would love to have some members of the LGBTQ plus community engage me on either platform. But I have to say, yes, I will view an altercation between a male born female striking my daughter as a male hitting my daughter. This doesn't mean I hate the gay community. This doesn't mean I'm against gay rights. This only means if you were born male and change your gender identity by whatever means you in my eyes are still not the same category as my female born daughter and vice versa and for those who are male born that's the vice versa part so i missed you there i hope i got you now before we go show some for your show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on apple podcast and make sure you join our facebook group if you haven't already where we break this episode down throughout the week And remember, don't wait until life is perfect. You can visualize and create the life you want and the mindset needed to realize your dreams and goals. Just take the first step and start. Take time to read a book. And if you don't know the answer, look it up. All right, peace.